All right. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's morning where I am, where the rest of you are watching or listening and uh, well, live or in syndication, I couldn't say, but welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me pretty much as always, barring an illness, is our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Feeling much better than a week ago, I trust. A lot better, yes. Good. Yes. And we have a really cool guest for you guys today, a first-time guest, someone we've never had on the show before, and someone who's relatively local to us, which is also really cool and not all that common. So everyone, well, I guess that would be you, Jen. Please welcome <laughs> Kathy Nicholson. Hi, Bo Hi, guys. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, we're, uh, we're glad to have you. Um, and yeah, we expect that you've got quite a bit of insight to lend to our audience as well. So uh, we, we do our research. We know who we're dragging onto the show before we actually drag them onto the show. I and like you've probably been on our calendar for over a year. Yes, over a year. Yeah. When Jen reached out to me, she goes, okay, would you like to be on our podcast? And I'm like, absolutely. She goes, okay, we're booking out next year, May. And I was like, okay. Okay. I don't know what things are going to look like then, but I'm all in. All right. Well, let, let's not pull any punches here. It's only because Jen is really popular. It doesn't have anything true. to do with me. It's probably uh, true. That, it's probably true. <laughs> um, although a lot of what we talk about uh, recently, in fact, uh, and I know our... Uh, we've got a couple of campaigns that we're running right now just to make sure people know that one of the things that's really important in your lead gen business, in your lead gen activity in your business, is to be constant and consistent. So when we can boast our fifth year of our podcast and we're booked well into more than half of the sixth oh, yeah. year. Okay. Almost um, all the way through July. Through July of Almost. our sixth season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a matter of doing things that build traction, being tactical, being constant and consistent. But we will certainly talk about that some more as we roll on here. Let's give our audience a little taste of Kathy. Um, so Kathy, our audience knows, and we will tell you as well, that yes, we've done our research. Yes, we know that you're doing good business, um, those kinds of things. And then obviously, we probably watched you for what, a year and a half before we yeah. asked you to be on the show. So now two and a half years, we've been kind of keeping our eyes on you. Uh, that's not anywhere near as creepy as it sounds. No pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, that probably is, it about is as creepy as, creepy as it sounds. And, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but yet, so our audience knows that in order to be a guest on How I Met Your Mortgage, and certainly if you're in the real estate space, that Adam and Jen have done quite a bit of due diligence to make sure that we're not just inviting the uh, you know onesie twosie soccer moms that make up the majority of the active real estate agents, mm -hmm. according to NAR, but the people that are actually in the 20 of that 80-20 that are doing 80% of the work, which we know you fit into. So give us a little bit of insight and background as to who Kathy is. Where did you start? What in the world made you think getting into this crazy business was a good idea? And okay. what did life look well, like for you back then? It's, it's, I kind of fell into the business. Um, I was into nonprofit a lot, which speaks to my heart. And I pull that into my real estate business. I'll touch on that later. 
Um, I work for a nonprofit, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which Adam knows a lot about because he was man of the year. I've done my research too. That was a long time ago, but yes. <laughs> but we can talk about that later too. So um, I recently had my second child. We lived in Conifer and my office was down the hill. And I decided to get a part-time job at a local real estate agent as the front desk girl. And so that's where I started. And um, as I saw all these real estate agents come and go, and I monitored their files and regulated and made them adhere to the rules, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm never going to be a real estate agent. <laughs> these guys are crazy. That's awesome. Um, that is hilarious. Yeah. So then, um, and when I was the front desk, I still had my toe in the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. I've been involved with them since 2004, and I've never stopped um, raising money and um, being involved in their campaigns. Um, but then I lot I our my brokerage was brought out by Remax. It was Prestige Real Estate in Conifer. And all the agents dispersed down the hill. And I was like, what do I do? There's a handful of agents that went to Intero Real Estate in Evergreen. And I decided to be an assistant to one of the um, most successful agents I knew at the time. And her name is Norma. And she mentored me for two years and just prodded me, get your, get your license, get your license. And finally, I'm like, okay. So 2012, I became the licensed broker and the rest is history. It just fits my lifestyle of helping people because when you're in a real estate transactions, people are in a major transition in their life. You know, either they're buying their first home, they're downsizing when their kids are gone, they're upsizing because they have more kids, they're helping their parents, you know, sell their house. The transition is huge for my for the for our clients. And so that spoke to my heart. I'm helping people in a tr big transition in their life. Um, and it also tied into my degree of interior design. I have my degree in interior design. So I love looking at houses. I love telling other people how they should arrange their houses. <laughs> <laughs> so I offer free staging as part of my business. And um, Norma, who mentored me, is a big Buffini um, uh, coaching. Um, so she plopped me right in automatically. And I got Buffini coaching and learned that it's personal. It's about the people, um, the property follows, but if you make it personal, then the profit will follow. Very true. It, it is a people business without mm -hmm. pulling any punches. And we, mm -hmm. we love Brian and we love his program. Um, and like a lot of others, the reason that so much of that content and whether it's Buffini or Ninja. Um, I mean, I can think of a you know good handful that have been around for a long, long time. And the reason that they've been around a long, long time is because the content is still vi <clears throat> excuse me, viable. It yeah. is about people. It is about relationships. It mm -hmm. is about staying top of mind. It is. Uh, there's another good example, top of mind. Um, so yeah, and uh, Brian is probably the best example of somebody who understands that the commitment, the caring, the compassion that has to go into a successful people business is something that we just play out in our lives every day. Mm -hmm. And and he really is. He is a super nice guy. He has a wonderful sense of humor, yeah. uh, particularly about himself. He's real. He's authentic. And I think that's the kind of thing that 
even if you don't follow Buffini's program, even if you're not following any kind of program, if you're not being coached right now, although I think that's a mistake, I think everybody I know is pretty much either being coached or is looking for their next coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you just kind of embrace the spirit of how Brian does his thing, Mm -hmm. you're going to succeed. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I don't want that to uh, come off that everything is going to be sunshine and lollipops. Yes, you can have a successful real estate career, a successful mortgage career, a successful insurance career, financial planning career, whatever the case may be. If you embrace, if you embody that kind of thing that Brian does when it comes to the fact that it's all about the people. But do know this. This is fair warning for all of you listening or watching. It is emotionally draining. Having deep, profound relationships with more and more and more people, Mm -hmm. deeper and more profound all the time, you are going to feel your client's pain. You are going to suffer right along with your buyers in today's market when they have that 30th house they were outbid on. Mm-hmm. That is that is the kind of shit that you're going to have to yeah. absorb and internalize. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want people to misunderstand that following Brian, for example, or embodying what Brian does in his or did in his real estate practice in his lead gen work, etc., is going to create this smooth as glass path to success mm-hmm. because it's not. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, each transaction is different. Yeah. Yeah. The workload, mm-hmm. the things that are a byproduct of lead gen may be easier for you. Mm-hmm. That's another discussion for another time and not something that Brian really uh, focuses on anyway. But know that if you truly embody the spirit of what Brian professes, and obviously Kathy has, then yeah, it's going to be rough. It is hard on the, mm-hmm. you know, on the soul to suffer along with these people, but you get to share in the successes as well. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a very big deal. Yeah. But yeah, we, we have nothing but great things to say about Brian. Um, the only thing that we think a lot of modern day programs are missing is that, well, they're not that modern. I mean, the shit that they coach on, the shit that they teach is great and has worked for decades and decades. But we don't talk about how to be real and authentic and mm-hmm. build that up in social media mm-hmm. or in video or how to tie those two together, so on and so forth. So yeah, it's uh, it's a unique uh, environment for sure. Um, all right. So let's, let's digress. Let's go back to when Kathy was first starting all of this and uh, immersed mm-hmm. herself in Buffini's teachings and was a new agent all on her own. Mm-hmm. Where was the business coming from, Kathy? Who was using you to buy and sell homes back then? Okay, so you start with your the people that you know, your Fear. family or friends, your Christmas card list, and I like <laughs> I that. Mean, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and I was, you know, my mom made me write thank you notes since I was little, and then you know, immediately when I got married and had a family, it was Christmas cards. So started with all the people on my Christmas card list, all my neighbors your hairdresser, your, you know, everything, you just write them that first note, Hey, I'm in real estate. And then one of those friends says, I'm going to let have you list my house. So it started with my neighbor. 
and listed listed their house then started with my girlfriend's mom listed her house and then you just build upon each client so then those people that have closed with you they're your a plus and i do the a plus a b c and you just send regular cards regular touches and then before you know it um one person tells another person, tells another person, and there's your referral. So I have to say, I mean, I became an assistant in 2010, got my license in 2012. Um, so I've been in the industry a long time, seen it go through ups and downs. And we actually specialize in foreclosures and short sales when I first got into it. So I was very good friends with Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Getting documents over to them. Um, we we should now. take note of that because I don't think there's anybody <laughs> on the planet that has ever said yeah. I'm, I was really good friends with Wells Fargo. Yeah, I had a direct line to, <laughs> to the number to get the documents. But um, it's definitely different now. But the, the foundation is still the same, is you have to have your touches on it. You have to um, kind of merge yourself into where your client's coming from, whether they're losing their house to foreclosure at that time, or now they're making $200,000, $300,000 on their investment um, you have to, you know, coach them on capital gains, everything. So you have to um, adjust your industry knowledge to where you're at at the time and the people. So with each client I got, I added them to my database and I give them items of value four times a year. I send them my magazine with recipes. Yes, I do the recipes. I also do health tips, um, home cleaning tips. I Everybody gets a Bronco schedule because that's how I roll. I'm sorry if you're not a Bronco fan, you're going to get a Bronco schedule. Um, I do that. <laughs> um, and then we actually do the, you know, we, I pick 10 clients a month and actually drive if they're local or I'll mail them um, a little Popeye, like the little, you know, April showers, bring May flowers type of thing. So I kind of, you have your touches on everybody and then your business grows. It, it's found, it's, evolve or evaporate and then you brought up the consistency too so it's um, a combination of both you have to be consistent with your brand and who you are i'm authentic um i give you 100 customer service and i'm always going to be here after the transaction is over and beyond but also you have to eva evolve because now it's social media it's not just posting on instagrams I got to get my reels. I got to do a reel. I got to add that little song. Today's going to be a good day. <laughs> I, <haven't done> <laughs> but, I mean, I need to learn how I have a social media person now. And so we're like, okay, let's, we have to get into this, what's happening right now to get, to get people to notice us. So I think it's Brian Buffini personal. It's evolving with, with the, where you're at. And it's also being consistent in your brand. Yeah, all of those are important things. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to go back to one of the first things that you mentioned because we've been focusing on it a lot. And we even did a weekly little tip, our video blog on it within the last couple of weeks. I'm not even sure that that video has been distributed yet, Jen. Not yet. But you have got to remain dynamic. Now, this is a pretty broad example, but I want you guys to pick up on what Kathy is putting down here. At the time, she was really well-schooled in short sales, REOs, foreclosures, mm -hmm. et cetera. Well, we don't have that shit anymore, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the volume of foreclosures is relatively negligible with all the increase in values and equity. I can't think of a single person that would 
lose their job, not be able to make their payments, and not just sell the house, pocket a ton of cash, preserve their credit, whatever the case may be. And, you know, if that's uh, what's going on, and that's where we're seeing a little bit of influx and a very little inventory, then so be it. But that's not our market. And yet here you are a decade later, even more, still doing what you do. It's just in a different space. So it is a matter, there, there's kind of an interesting weave here of having to be constant and consistent in everything you do. All of you listening, all of you watching, please take that under advisement. Um, but I think it's also important to understand that we operate in dynamic spaces. These are not stagnant industries. Right. We don't have to deal with short sales right now because the industry changed. It shifted. Mm -hmm. It is dynamic. If you are not able to incorporate both being constant and consistent while being dynamic, not stagnant, then you're going to have a real problem. So please understand that there's a line between those two. Yes, remain constant and consistent in your activities and your lead gen activities and your authenticity and your transparency, yeah. but know that you have to be dynamic. You have to be willing to ebb and flow and change and shift because our industries do. Yeah. Things change. If yeah. there were people who did nothing but short sales REOs and they didn't learn anything else, well, you know, now they're, they're freaking Walmart greeters. Right. Or, you know, they rehearse new lines, namely, would you like fries with that? Mm -hmm. um, in order to, you know, remain in the working world. Obviously, we've got to be able to incorporate both. Yes, right. I totally agree. All right. So you've covered on an awful lot of things that you're doing in your, I don't want to say lead gen tactics and techniques, but they mm -hmm. are. Um, yep. Obviously, that includes yep. staying top of mind. I trust mm -hmm. at this point your business is strictly repeat and referral. Yes. We're not doing any shit like buying leads. I don't buy leads, although I do get do get a few cold leads from my social media. I'm LinkedIn. I got a great lead on LinkedIn. Um, my Serenity ads, which is our local evergreen paper, I got a lead from that. Again, being consistent, um, but 99% of my businesses repeat and referral okay. because I do keep my touches on my clients and they see me continuing to produce. So not only do I send them the little things every quarter, but also if I have a just sold, I'm going to include them in that little postcard so they know, hey, Kathy's still doing real estate. So the worst thing you want to happen is, you know, a client that you sold a house to five years ago lists with another agent because, oh, I didn't know you're still in real estate. They need to know that I still do real estate. And that's all I do. I don't just do one or two things a year just because that's all I do. It's what I specialize in. And if I'm doing it, they my past clients need to know it so that they always come to me. I, I do think that that's an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, we certainly all live by the catchphrase that if you're not in front of your past clients, they're now somebody else's prospects. Right. Um, which really leaves you no room to complain about it. If you guys are out there and you're pissed off about the fact that a, a buyer or a borrower or whatever the case may be, use somebody else. Well, that's really on you. It never bothered me that, you know, Quicken or Rocket or whatever they call themselves now uh, spends <laughs> millions and millions and millions of dollars of their clients' money, essentially, on mm -hmm. advertising and Super Bowl ads and TV and radio and print and internet and on and on and on. Because if my past clients are going to use Rocket, that's my fault. 
Yeah. I'm not staying in touch enough. I'm not staying top of mind enough. I'm not helping guide them through the financial mazes that come with borrowing hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars or how to deal with those kinds of things. I mean, I've probably called a thousand people this year to help walk them through what that escrow account shortage is going to look like this year with the values going way the hell up. Taxes and insurance are going up. Their mortgage servicers are ignoring yeah. it. Give them some education. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how you mitigate. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it never bothered me that there was competition out there because if my past clients are using that competition, that's my fault. Yeah. That's my yeah. fault. There's no question about it. Um, there's no other way to slice it. Um, okay. So we've obviously covered a lot of this stuff. And I think that one of the topics that our audience has kind of been poking and prodding for, and I think we're getting to a point where it's relatively inevitable is that we're going to have some serious fallout in our industries probably over the rest of this year. I mean, we already knew while a bigger number in real estate than in mortgage origination, that 80% of real estate agents are gone in two years. Mm -hmm. That's just been talked about constant and consistent, Mm -hmm. right? I've got to assume that number is going to be higher in 22, Mm -hmm. maybe into 23. What kind of advice would you give to your brethren who might be new, who might be struggling, who are thinking, you know, this, this was great in 2019 and 2020 and now... I don't know what the hell to do. Okay, so my mind goes to the South Park episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which we all know. That's awesome. Go on. (laughs) So, I mean, he got the, I don't even know the character's name because I don't watch South Park a lot, but that one I watched like five times. He's like, if my mom can do it, anybody can do it. Um, Real estate agents don't do anything. When they start doing something, then we're all in trouble. That mentality, I think when the market is as hot as it is now, where yes, a listing's going to go in the first couple of days, if you price it right. Um, the, the people that get in now think, oh, I'm just going to get in real estate and make all this money. And I, they're not equipped to um, be in an industry where, where it's not as um, fluid. And those, that's why we see the dropout. So Bottom line, it's really simple. You get into it, what you put out of it. If your intention is to pop in and make some quick money, really easy with not doing anything, then you're not going to last very long. Yeah, um, but my schedule will be flexible and I can hang <laughs> out with my kids. People think that, oh, I can I write my own schedule. No, when your buyer calls and the listing pops up, you're out. So whether you're hanging out on a Sunday at five o'clock, which did happen yesterday. Hey, we want to see that house in the Valley. Okay. I'll be Let's there go. In 60 minutes, you know? So um, it's, it is what you put into it and you have to be willing to give up the Saturday, Sundays and um, mother's day. I have two buyers. I'm going to be going out. Um, you, you, you have to work for it. Um, at the same time, if you, have a foundation of support behind you. Like my brokerage is amazing. I've been there the whole time. I haven't popped around to different brokerages. Oh, I can make more money if I go over here. No. Um, my brokerage is my family. They all have my back. If I go camping and um, I need someone to cover my business, I can say, Hey, you guys, I'm camping. I'm really, I don't have any cell service. <laughs> like, I'm not just saying that, but then they cover your business. So 
you have to be willing to work on the holidays to, to put into it, to get out of it. And that's, that, that would be my advice. Um, I've seen young agents pop in and like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. So first you have to learn, you know, the software, you have to learn Ari Colorado. You have to learn your CTM. You have to learn showing time. All that stuff is good. But then they're like, okay, where's my business? It's like, okay, who do you know? Well, all my friends, the young ones, they're not buying houses right now because they're in their 20s. Well, what about your parents? What about your uncles? What about your cousins? What about your dentist? So again, I give them the same advice that I was given by Norma. Get out your pen and paper, write a note, pick up the phone, give them a call. So if you're not willing to do that foundational step and keep doing it, you're going to drop. You're not going to be in the industry very long. I think that's actually, well... Okay, we we all know that the real estate schools don't teach the actual real estate business. No, nope. you learn contracts, you learn negotiations. Maybe you learn what an inspection looks like when the appraisal comes in the process. Whatever. Okay, what we don't learn is how to generate business. And it's funny yep. because all the shit we learn in real estate school is a byproduct of mm -hmm. generating business. Right. If you don't have buyers and sellers, you don't need to know any of the shit you learned in real estate school. Right. That's all there is to it. You learn how but to pass the test in real that's estate right. school. <laughs> but the real estate schools cannot tell you, all of you going in, that this is a byproduct. What we're teaching you is a byproduct mm -hmm. of learning how to find buyers and sellers. If you don't learn how to do that, you're not going to need to know any of this. Right. Because that would destroy their model. Instead of 80% of real estate agents failing inside of two years. If the 80% that uh, are going into the game right now just didn't go in, the real estate schools would fail. So they're not going to, you know, do this. They're, they're not going to say, hey, you know, if you don't learn, you know, what you need to do before, you know, all this real estate stuff or when you actually get to put it into practice, then it isn't going to work. So I understand their business model and it is what it is, but I think that two-year window is a pretty plain cycle to the effect that, okay, I know I got to run my sphere, mm -hmm. but Aunt Edna isn't buying a house every year. Mm -mm. And if you don't learn how to build on that, if you don't learn how to, if you don't understand that building your audience, building your contact database, staying in touch in front of, on, on the top of mind mm -hmm. of all those people is an all day, every day for the remainder of your career activity, mm -hmm. then it's not going to work anyway. Right. Then you are one of those people that's going to be gone in two years. Yeah. And you have to talk about your business. So if I'm out playing golf, I'm going to talk about real estate because that's my job. And oh, you're in real estate. Oh, you have to be willing to say, this is what I do when you're out and about in your normal life. So you can spur the conversation and then that again, builds your referral business. Um, be part of the community. That's another big piece that I hold dear. Um, I coach girls on the run. I'm part of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Half my business is the people that I've trained marathons with. So that's, that's a big part of our part of that. Um, I'm involved in the community for wildfire mitigation. Um, in Evergreen Conifer on, on that committee, educating people. So people see that real estate is what I do, but, I, but I'm also out in my community. And yes, I'm going to talk about my real estate in my community. So it's, you have to be willing to put that conversation out there and actually have a conversation from, hey, hey, Kathy, how's, how's the market going? You know, you have to be what, ready to pick it up and actually talk about it and go, oh, it's great. 
I, I do love that question. And so I'm going to share with you and those of you that happen to be listening in on this podcast, the correct answer to that question is, well, are you buying, selling, or investing? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Then you can formulate your answers better. And of course, the proper answer is that it is great for all yeah. of the above. Mm -hmm. It is a great time to buy. Mm -hmm. It is a great time to sell. It is a great time to invest on and mm -hmm. on with very specific points for each one. But yeah, the correct response to how's the market mm -hmm. is, yeah. well, are you buying, selling, or investing? And if they're selling, the first question I ask, where are you going? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, are they, right? maybe nowhere if you can't. If I sell your house, where are you going to live? And, and, you know, I'd say it's very interesting. That's one thing I've learned during COVID, which is why I think everything just blew up is because people can work from anywhere and their mind just gets explode explodes like where where would i want to live oh I, i've always wanted to live in north carolina i'm just going to go live there because i can work wherever so we've seen a lot of people that live in colorado that grew up in colorado they're like they're out they're taking their their money they've made a lot of money and they're going to florida they're going um to arizona they're going to texas so but then we also have all those people coming here so people are just shuffling all around because they want to be where they want to be it's in life. World. Yeah. You don't know where, what's going to happen tomorrow. So I might as well be enjoying where I'm at. If I'm going to live at home, work at home, I need to want, I, I want to be somewhere I love. Yeah. yeah very, very true. Um, and I think that there's something also really important in this environment that you've touched on a couple of times, but I really want our audience to be able to get their head around Community involvement, volunteer work is important, necessary. I don't want to say important. It's it's required for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. It is really good for your business. There's no denying it. If you are involved in a volunteer capacity for something you are passionate about, mm -hmm. you are automatically going to come into contact with other people passionate mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. You already have a rapport. You already have something in common with all these people that you're going to be involved with in that particular environment, that role, whatever it is that you're doing. However, it's still a people business. We have to care about the people. Volunteer work, community work is one of the greatest ways to exhibit that. And I know that, oh, I was probably a teenager when my father explained philanthropy to me. And how when we're young, we volunteer our time. And when we're old, we donate our money. And there's a sliding scale in between. As you get older, you have less time, but you have more dollars, on and on. And yeah. yeah, he well, and he was responsible for uh, running the single greatest non-corporate fundraising team for like the night with LL. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because they gave him an award on this big stage mm -hmm. set up at Washington Park. And yep. at the time, we were doing the Man of the Year campaign. Yeah. So it was really this unique oh. environment for the two of us, me presenting the award to him. He didn't know I was going to do it. In fact, the MC of the event that night didn't know I was going to do it either because she was surprised to see me start walking up on stage and uh, introduced me as the man of the year candidate yeah. and yeah so but that kind of thing and we're in front of thousands and thousands of people in wash park yeah and it never really i never had made the connection at the time about how doing something that's good for this small sect of the community mm -hmm. people who have 
contracted blood cancer, people who are fighting a blood cancer, people who do research on blood cancers, mm -hmm. people who treat blood cancers, mm -hmm. etc. That's a relatively small community compared to the global population. Mm -hmm. And yet there was this huge chunk of the population that had no, they were not in any of those categories. They weren't sick. They weren't being treated. They weren't scientists. They weren't researchers. They weren't oncologists, etc. Mm -hmm. But they all got to witness that. And the I don't even know how to describe how valuable that is intrinsically. It I mean, is. It's, it's, it's just amazing. It's hard to describe. And I can um, totally have a parallel relationship to that because, I mean, I've been involved since 2004. My friend's baby um, was diagnosed with infant um, leukemia. Um, and so we had our babies at the same time. So my son Ryan and her daughter were the same age and she ended up not making it she passed away at 10 months. And ever since then, I'm like, this is not okay. So I jumped in. So my son has seen me just relentlessly fundraise and run marathons and do light the night and do the um, hundred mile cycle event to raise awareness and money. And when it came time to um, the director of the Rocky mountain chapter asked my son when he was in high school, Hey, do you want to try out student of the year? And I'm like, Oh God, he can barely, yeah. pass he, we can't do this. And he immediately without hesitation said, yes, yes, I want to do this because he had seen my actions and what the difference it made, you know, in fundraising dollars, research dollars, but also as you do this, the families affected by blood cancers are also affected in a positive way. So I was so proud of him. He jumped in with both feet. He didn't have a team behind him. He was him. His one friend said he would help him and he didn't, he wasn't able to. So my son ran for student of the year all by, you know, for the conference high school. And it was amazing to see him at the gala. And it was so, yeah, community is awesome. And it, it all feeds down into who you are and why you do what you do. And it, I mean, again, story. real estate, I help people. I'm helping people the same way I'm helping people that have blood cancer. So my whole life is just weaved in together. And ridiculously emotionally rewarding and draining all at the mm. same time as a result. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before I forget, uh, a nod to a colleague of ours, a mortgage originator on the East Coast, Angela Caputo, who is currently uh, a Woman of the Year candidate with LLS. Oh. Angela, good luck to you on yeah, your campaign. Luck, Mm -hmm. And yes, Jen, I know that we're running over. So <laughs> a couple of housekeeping things. One, get Cassie back on the show again, because it seems to me totally. that we could probably talk for eight, 10, 12, you know, 36 <laughs> hours on where we have similar beliefs and paths yeah. and patterns and so on and so forth. Um, other than that, Jen, why don't you tell me what we're missing? What else do you <laughs> want to know from Kathy and uh, take us home? I mean, I think if I dive into that, we're going to talk for another half hour at least. Oh, we'll do that we didn't next even, time. I mean, we didn't even touch on Kathy's new podcast that she has coming. Make sure you oh, send us yeah. the link. Like, okay. Yeah. So we'll have lots to talk about, but um, I'll get you back. for Your your podcast will be over a year in the running by the time we talk again. So yes, be cool. exactly. Yeah. Well, at least tell us the name of it. <laughs> okay. So my podcast name is called Real Life and it's going to be about real estate because that's who I am and what I do and I love it. But it's also going to be about life as, you know, as you go through your life, it, nothing's going to be off the table, um, cancer, you know, everything. I have so many people in my life that I've met 
and I'm just going to have them on for a half an hour like you're doing with me and just say, hey, tell me about you, where you are, how you got there, share with our audience what you've learned. And it's going to be very similar to this platform, conversational, but I want to just share. I, I believe in sharing and everybody helping everybody else. Um, I'm a very positive person, so I want to make a positive impact. So it's about real life. That's really cool. Yeah, Awesome. Pun intended. (laughs) Real cool. Dad joke of the day. There you go, guys. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thank you, Kathy, so much for joining us today. Um, Everybody that is watching live, you can see our text code down at the bottom. But for those of you listening, text TIPS to 63566 to find out all the things about Just the Tips coaching. You can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips. You can book a free hour of coaching with us. Um, You can see all the past episodes of the show, our weekly little tip. Uh, And currently you can get tickets for Social Media Day Denver. Social Media Day Denver is Thursday, June 30th. Um, So less than... Well, it's like exactly eight weeks away, pretty much. So um, we've got some great speakers lined up for this year. I'm really excited. So that's a one-day event, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Metro State. Big thank you to Metro State for partnering with us on Social Media Day. Um, Again. Again, yes, they're wonderful. They're amazing. So so if you want to find out literally anything about us or grab tickets for Social Media Day Denver, stumbling over those words today, uh, text TIPS to 63566 and it will get you all that info. Cool. Thanks, Jen. And Kathy, thank you. I know that carving this kind of time out for this is uh, with a year's notice <laughs> yeah. um, is not an easy task on a Monday morning. So yeah. thank you for thank doing you. it. And yeah, uh, we'll uh, talk shortly after we drop our broadcast and we'll get to see you again soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. I, I had a great time. <laughs>